Hello, everyone. Crazy Insurance Lady here. As we get started with our inaugural episode, Renter's Insurance, I want to just let you know that this information took much longer than I anticipated to present, and for that reason, I split it into two episodes. Episode 1A specifically covers misconceptions about renter's insurance, how it works, and the types of losses or damages it covers at the basic policy level. Episode 1B covers how to make the policy better, tailor it to your specific needs, increase payout limits, etc., and how to obtain renter's insurance if you want it. So thank you for your patience as I am learning along this journey, too. Here is Episode 1B. Enjoy. We covered a lot so far. Yes, absolutely good stuff here. So we talked about the two primary kinds of protections an insurance policy, renter's policy gives you, uh, replacing your stuff and giving you some place to stay and paying those extra costs when you can't stay where you usually stay. And then I told you all the ways that your stuff can be damaged that is covered and will get you paid, those 16 causes of damage, those 16 perils. All of that means that there can be minimal disruption to your life when something unexpected and probably costly happens. We can't erase the event. We can't fix everything. But having something happen to you accidentally doesn't have to wipe you out financially. And a lot of times in our communities of colors, that's exactly what happens. According to an article at CNBC, half of all Americans could not get their hands on $1,000 if they needed it because of an emergency. And 12% couldn't even come up with $400. So unless you are the exception, where are you going to get the money to pay for an unexpected loss? I've been telling you, renter's insurance. Okay, so let's move on a little bit to the other types of protections a basic, basic renter's policy provides. These are not fancy policies, folks. These are basic, basic coverages that you get just if you get the basic policy. These next parts of the policy protect you if you are found to be at fault for someone else's loss. That is, you are liable, you are responsible for someone else's injury or damage. Hence the name liability coverage. Again, not happening on purpose. Your renter's policy protects you if you cause and are asked to pay for someone else's bodily injury, they get hurt, and or property damage, their stuff gets hurt. And this is known as BI, bodily injury, and PD, property damage, or BIPD. They use these terms in car insurance too, um, BIPD, uh, but car insurance is another episode. So coverage number one, personal liability coverage. This is the PD part, okay? Usually this coverage is really high, typically at least $100,000. Yes, $100,000. That's the minimum I recommend. So say you start a fire accidentally in the kitchen and damage the kitchen of the place you are staying at. Remember, it's not your place. You don't own it. But now you caught it on fire. Your policy will pay to replace or repair the damage to the landlord's property up to the limit of the policy. That's why I say you want a high limit, typically $100,000. You want this limit to be as high as you can get 
uh, that's affordable. And so that's why this particular limit is so high, because property damage is expensive, and landlords will want you to pay for the damage. Figure that. Also, if you are sued by the landlord, to continue this example, for the damage you caused to his kitchen, the insurance company will provide and pay for your legal defense, again, up to the limit that you've chosen, in this case, $100,000. That's also why this should be a high number. If you are found liable, responsible, and have to pay monetary damages, give the guy, the landlord, some money, this policy pays for that too. Again, up to the $100,000 limit for this example. So the insurance company represents you, they pay for that, and then they pay for any damages awarded by the court, any money that you have to pay as a fine, up to the limit you chose. And again, I advise no less than a hundred thousand dollars. All right. So you can see why as a tenant, as a renter, it's a good idea to have renter's insurance. And you can see why I advise landlords to require your tenants to have renter's insurance, put it in the lease. It really is one policy that benefits everybody involved. All right, so that's a part of the policy that protects you from having any huge out-of-pocket expenses if you're found liable, responsible for someone else's property damage. The next protection that is available in a basic renter's policy is called medical payments to others coverage. This is called goodwill coverage, meaning that the injured person doesn't have to blame you or you don't have to be at fault it's called no-fault coverage. It just has to happen, and they say you are responsible. The insurance company pays anyway, okay? So someone is at your place, for example, and falls down the stairs, knocks themselves on the head, goes to the hospital to get checked out, and now wants you to pay for that hospital trip. Again, right, your place, your stairs. They're not saying that it's your fault, but they're saying that they were injured at your place, and they want you to pay for the bills. No problem. The policy will pay, your renter's insurance policy will pay up to the dollar limit you have chosen. $5,000 is a minimum, I suggest, for this part. The policy will pay for those medical bills. Uh, in this case, the insurance company works directly with your friend to help them get paid back, not you. Uh, your friend will, you'll file the claim, then they work with your friend. $5,000 doesn't go very far these days at a hospital, but it's $5,000 you won't have to pay out of your pocket. And friendships are ruined because people sue each other because it's his fault. He did it. It was his place. So are you starting to get the picture here about how valuable renter's insurance really is? And there's more yet. Now, I'm intentionally painting broad strokes here. Of course, when you get your actual policy papers, you'll want to read them front to back every word so you will understand how things work. And now that you have some information about what kind of protection you should have, you can look for those things specifically in the policy to see for yourself if you have it. That's what having a renter's insurance policy does for you. It pays to replace your stuff. It puts you up somewhere to stay and pays all the extra costs associated with that for as long as it takes, up to a year usually. It pays for damages you accidentally cause. It pays for someone's medical expense if they hurt themselves at your place. That's a lot. So when we come back, I'm going to go over some ways that you can make this good thing even better for yourself. Stick around.
All right, and we are back. Let's go ahead and talk about the ways to make this basic policy even better. Let's talk about the personal property protection part, how you get to be reimbursed when something you own is damaged, destroyed, or stolen, say. For example, say you bought a couch for $500, and the couch is expected to be able to last five years. $500 couch, five years of life. So let's say that in year three that you have this couch, so it's three years old, it's damaged by a covered cause, in this case, let's say a fire, and you file a claim. How much will you get? You will get, in a basic renter's policy, what the couch is actually worth. So how do they figure that? The insurance company figures a $500 couch, expected to last five years, loses about $100 of value every year. Your three-year-old couch is not really worth $500. It's really only worth $200. It's three years old. It has two years of life left, two years at $100 every year, $200. The insurance company says, all right, your couch is three years old. We will pay you the value of a three-year-old couch, which is $200. You will get a check for $200. That's okay, but certainly not, I don't think, what any of us want. Not what I want. I want enough money to go out and buy a new couch. How does that happen? Well, I'm glad you asked. That's the basic renter's policy, actual cash value. You get the cost of a used item. You can increase the amount that you will receive from an insurance company for your stuff by changing the rules. It does cost a little extra though, not a lot even, and I highly recommend it. You can increase the amount of money you receive by changing the way they pay you. Rather than keep the basic policy at the actual cash value where you only get paid $200 on your three-year-old $500 couch, you can get the insurance company to pay you to replace the couch at whatever price a similar new couch would cost today. Even if you paid $500 three years ago and now the couch is toast, when you add the replacement cost endorsement to your policy, you will get enough cash to replace your couch with a new one. Replacement cost. That means you will get money to get what a similar item or a like item would cost today. So you get enough money to go out and get a new couch at today's prices. If the couch you bought three years ago at $500 is now $750 today, if you have increased your coverage by adding this replacement cost endorsement, you will get a check for $750 minus your deductible. We talked about a little bit earlier. Also, the word endorsement means addition to the policy, right? Things that change the basic policy, usually for the better for you, the renter. If you just leave the policy as you get it from the company without making any changes at all, you get $200 to replace your old couch. If you add the replacement cost endorsement, you get whatever the couch costs you today. So you can just go replace the whole thing, period. So I mentioned the word endorsements. Endorsements are provisions. They're items that you can add to a basic policy to tailor it to whatever you want or need. If you would just go to Goodwill and pick up a couch for 200 bucks, then for you, if that's okay, the basic policy is just fine. However, if you're the kind of person that doesn't want to sit on someone else's old furniture, then get the replacement cost endorsement. It's your choice. Again, for me, I tend to take care of my belongings and I have them for years past what is customary. So I might have a couch that's eight years old, but if it's damaged and covered by my policy, 
I definitely want to get a new couch because it's time for an upgrade anyway. But that's me. That is definitely one endorsement I would add right off the bat, replacement cost. So you get paid to get new stuff, not half payment for your used stuff. What other kinds of endorsements can we add? Remember, the word endorsement means addition. These are extras you can add to your policy. Yes, they cost extra, relatively little extra. And in what other ways can you upgrade your life? The following items I'm going to talk about can have extra coverage added if you want. Now, this is not going to be the complete list, but a list of things I think might apply to majority of my listeners here. So the first one, jewelry, right? Your jewelry. The basic renter's policy allows for payments of up to $1,500, $1,500 for theft of your jewelry. If you have a collection of jewelry or a single piece of jewelry that has a value of more than $1,500 or costs more than $1,500 to replace, you may want to add this jewelry endorsement to increase the payout limit from $1,500 up to $6,500 or whatever lesser amount that you might need to make sure that you would be adequately paid and paid enough if your jewelry were stolen. Basic policy allows for $1,500. You can have it go as high as $6,500. All right, number two, firearms. Now, I am not supporting anything gun-related, but the fact remains that many of my listeners are going to have firearms. They're going to have guns, and since I remain unbiased, I'm going to tell you. A basic renter's policy allows for $2,500 to replace your firearm if it's lost by theft only. You can increase that payout limit from $2,500 to $6,500 if you have a firearm uh, and it costs more than the basic policy allows, which is $2,500. Number three, business property. This one is a big one, I imagine. Uh, there's probably a whole gugab of people working from home right now, right? Your renter's policy covers your office equipment, your computer, your monitor, your DAWs, for my friends who do theater and voiceover work, podcasts, etc., your printer, the chair you sit in, the desk you write at, the lamps you see with, all of that office-related stuff is covered under your renter's policy. The basic policy allows for up to $2,500 to replace that stuff. But you can add, you can endorse your policy to make that limit higher, up to $10,000 actually. Are you starting to see right now, you don't have to have a cookie cutter policy. You don't have to settle for the basics when your actual need is different. But who tells you that? You can completely customize your policy to fit what you need. But unless you know that, you don't know to ask. And some agents, just generalizing here, not talking about anybody in particular, but some agents, because a commission on a renter's policy is tiny, and because to really have a conversation with you would mean time that they can't be talking to someone else who has more money than you, for that and a whole host of other reasons, Agents don't tell us that we can't customize our policy. That's why I'm telling you, you need to know. We have the same options in terms of knowledge about insurance and utilizing these financial tools like renter's insurance can help raise you and help you bring others along. All right. All right. Where were we? Oh yeah. Ways to make the policy better. A basic renter's policy covers your portable electronic items, so cell phones, computers, things like that. Things that can be plugged in at home and in the auto, they're covered at the basic limit of 
$500. The cell phone that you can plug into your house, but you can also plug into an adapter in your car, that's covered. If your portable electronic items are more costly than $1,500 to replace, you may want to consider adding the endorsement that increases that portable electronics items limit up to $6,000. These are all optional. This next endorsement is especially important for people who live in a garden or basement apartment. <laughs> Can you guess what that might be? Water backup and sump discharge or overflow. Sounds absolutely disgusting, and it is. And my friends in sub or underground units know that water goes down the drain, but also unexpectedly and not cleanly comes back up the drain. And this is the reason that this is so important. You need to add this coverage here. I would imagine that everything you own, unless it is on a shelf, touches the floor at some point. And when the sewer backs up, everything you own is affected by that nasty water. Are you going to just wash that t-shirt that was submerged in all that water? Or are you going to just trash that, thank you very much, and get a new one? Consider that question for everything in your unit that is not up off the floor. How much will all of that cost you to replace? Like I said, you have to add this coverage. The basic renter's policy allows $0 for this. Listen to me, no money is allocated in a basic renter's policy for anything that comes up through the sewer, especially important if you live in a garden or underground apartment. You are going to have to ask to add it. The agent may not tell you about this. It may not even come up in the conversation, but now you know that you need to add this. This water backup endorsement, by the way, is also good for people who live in an apartment because water has been known to come up the column, the pipes in the building, and up again through everyone's available toilets. It doesn't happen very often, I will admit, but now you know. If you live below ground in a garden apartment at the bottom of a hill, because we all know what rolls downhill, think about adding this water backup endorsement. There is a limit, usually up to $5,000, but you can use that to cover your stuff. You know, there are so many endorsements. I don't have time to go through all of them. Otherwise, this would be a two-day episode and nobody wants that. But if you have a particular issue or question that you would like my advice on, please email me. Tell me the situation. Maybe I could feature it on an episode. You never know. So again, my email address is onecrazyinsurancelady at gmail.com. That's the number onecrazyinsurancelady at gmail.com. All right, folks, that covers most of the goodies about renter's insurance. Uh, kind of a recap here. First, we learned that you don't only have to be a renter to benefit from a renter's policy. You can be a student. You can say, be staying at a hotel in an, an assisted living facility. You can benefit. We covered what renter's insurance can do for you and your stuff, that all of your stuff is covered anywhere in the world that renter's policy provides a place for you to go when your place is uninhabitable and pays all the extra costs associated with that. It protects you if you damage something uh, or someone else and they sue you. The insurance company defends you in court up to your limit. Again, suggested $100,000 personal liability limit. We found out that it will pay for someone else's medical bills if they injure themselves or are injured at your place. We learned the 16 perils, the 16 causes of damage that are covered by a basic renter's policy. 
and found out that a basic renter's policy covers just about every cause of damage, except intentional damage that you do, we learned that you can choose to get paid to get old stuff, or you can choose to get paid to get new stuff with that personal property endorsement that we're all going to get. That's a lot. So now some of you, hopefully, are going to start to investigate getting a policy, checking it out for yourself, checking out rates. Others of you are probably rethinking the policy you already have, thinking that you can make some adjustments to it so that it will actually help you and not leave you hanging. So I encourage you to look into that. For those of you who are starting out looking, where do you go? Well, some people prefer the old good old-fashioned insurance person on their block or in their neighborhood. They want to be able to look someone in the eye, face-to-face. Then, yeah, go to those insurance places and talk to them about your options. It doesn't cost you anything to talk to them. Some people, though, would rather do something online. They don't want to talk to anybody. They just want to do it online. Um, I don't want to talk to you. Just let me fill out this form. That's okay, too. Although, even if you go this route, I would highly suggest asking to speak to one of the representatives. You will end up talking to a licensed insurance agent, right, who will work with you as best they can. Of course, since you are armed now with this knowledge, you will be able to have a significant input into the kind of policy that you finally get. You will know to tell them all the different major needs you have. Uh, you have expensive jewelry, musical instruments, etc. And you'll be able to work with them to get what you need, right? So where do you find them? All you got to do is Google renter's insurance and a whole page of options comes up to you. Some of the names you will recognize, some of them you won't. Now, don't not look at an online company just because you've never heard of them before. Get a couple of quotes. Now, quotes, those are only estimates. Uh, you will get the actual price, the locked-in price, once you apply. It shouldn't cost you anything to apply. But do get some ideas about price range for the exact coverages you want and make a decision. You know, don't dally over who's the best or who you've heard of before. You can go by reputation. You can go by price. It doesn't really matter. It's important, but it's not life insurance where specifics really matter. So find a couple of agencies or a couple of policies, uh, get some quotes, pick one, and get started. So let's just keep in mind that opening statistic. 58%, 58, 58% of black American households are rented. 53%, five, three, 53% of Hispanics Households are rented. As a community, we have a greater exposure to risk and are vastly underprotected. So we suffer the most when a loss occurs. Get yourself out of that pool and into a safe space. So remember, you can leave comments. I'd love to hear. Was this information helpful to you? Was it clear? Are you going to make any insurance changes because of what you heard here today? Are you going to get insurance because of what you heard here today? Email me at onecrazyinsurancelady at gmail.com. That's, again, the number one crazyinsurancelady at gmail.com. All right, my friends, this is it. I think I've done a pretty good job here. Again, my name is Gay Glenn. I am the creator, producer, and host of Crazy Insurance Lady breaks it all down for you. As you can see, I might be crazy, but I'm no slouch. See you next time.